are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we make deep in your face. (laughs) 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 Gotta switch it up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love how many little inside things we have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Listen, just so you know. We said, I, I said, let's just put it all on B. I said we make deep instead of... We go we, deep. We go deep. <laughs> what is it again? Because now I don't know. <laughs> and now now it's just stuck. You must make deep with us. Anyway, so... Make it deep. We're here to talk about the fourth episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond's second season, titled Family is a Four-Letter Word. And right off the bat, the only thing I will tell you is... Oh, wait, actually, let me see. Is there any housekeeping that we need to do uh, ahead? I know we have to do something for the other video for when we premiere it. I can't remember why. Oh, yeah, because you were going to say... You wanted to include something that you forgot to say, so you were going to say it at the top of the premiere. But that's which, all I remember. <laughs> which... But which one? Oh, I got to uh, review that. Seven, uh, 702. Right, from our recording for 702, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what. You didn't, I don't think you told to us what it was, just that you were going to bring it up uh, before the it premiere. Was a po- I think it was something we said at the end, like after we stopped, right? Yes. And yeah. And then I was supposed to bring it up. Okay. I'll yeah. try to review tape before I premiere. I don't know the that next- you told us, though, because I said, well, just do it now and then add it in. And then you said, well, I'll just uh, talk about it when I go on before the premiere. And I said, oh, yeah, because yeah. you'll talk before then, too. But we never heard what it actually was. So I can't help you there. Oh, no, no. I'll, I'll go back and try to remember what. OK, I, I, maybe you'll I, get I, you a, know, a memory trigger. Yeah, exactly. OK. Hmm. Uh, voting. Voting is going to be open next week for the cosplay contest. Yeah. Oh, so we got to do yeah. that this weekend. Yeah. But by the time we premiere this, it's already going to be underway. Trust yeah. me. So. That'll be a whole nother day of Dave telling me what size these images need to be and me re-editing No, that's them only and... for Instagram. Okay. That's only for Instagram. <laughs> uh, no, because Instagram's funny. It's funny. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Secret Santa, if you want to say something about that, that's up to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's to a good tell idea. People to tell people to DM I'm taking, I'm taking people to be on the list for Secret Santa yep. right now. If okay. you want yeah, to be so involved. I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, so Secret Santa. Okay. Sharon D is setting up the Secret Santa or TWDU Secret Santa, which is essentially uh, we assign, we assign because we are your lords and masters, <laughs> uh, a random. Well, we try to give people what they want in terms of, I think so, right? No, in terms of it's random. The well, TW- we, we, okay. It's random, okay. but if they want to trade afterwards, they have a small window to do so. Yes. Great, great, great. So let's 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 go small through that. Let me, let me start over then. So Sharon D, a.k.a. Blazy Gardner. Wait, I didn't even introduce <laughs> all of us, right? <laughs> we are so on the ball tonight. <laughs> yes. What what year what year is this? I mean, what eat? What eat what is this? Eat? <laughs> what show are we talking about again? I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, and Sharon D. Okay. I like doing the little I like doing the little dramatic pause, right? Like Sharon D. Okay, Blazy Gardner. It's like a like a wrestling an- announcer. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. So, so before we continue, uh, we have a special announcement to make. We are about, we, we are just about to get to get this Secret Santa thing underway that Charity, aka Blazy Gardener, loves to do, which was awesome last year. So we got some uh, a lot of our Fear Fam uh, to join in on this, uh, aka we actually had Alexa Nysonson on the video, didn't we? Have, we had uh, Mo Collins doing the intro at least. Uh, Peggy and Peggy. Peggy shot. 
as well as we had one more, right? No, that was it. Oh, that was it. Uh, well, that's not. Yeah, that's 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 a lot. That's a lot already. Unless unless you want to count Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. No, <laughs> no uh, but either way, uh, it's a chance for all of you in the Walking Dead universe to basically give a a fake or fabricated secret Santa gift to your favorite, well, to your assigned Walking Dead Universe character. Now, once you are assigned your random character, you may, at this point, trade with a fe- fellow TW, TWD, TWD family member, you know, so th- th- you can swap your characters for, for the one you prefer if, if the TWD family member is receptive to it. So either way, what you need to do right away just to get in the running is DM... At Blazy Gardner everywhere on Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, well, YouTube too. Sure, sure, why, sure not? why not? <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. Well, mostly Instagram. And when you do yeah. that, uh, she'll put you on a list and she'll tally up the TWU characters that we have. And at that point, once you get it, you can do whatever you want with it. You can start thinking of mythical gifts to give your character right away. It can be something you actually <laughs> physically make, you buy in the store, you or a Photoshop, a thing, a random thing you put on the screen in your video. It could be anything. Just have fun doing it. Be creative. If you uh, need, get into it. If you need inspiration, go to Blazy's YouTube page and watch last year's Secret Santa video. Yeah, you'll get an idea. And yeah. of course, we're always going to try upping our game. <clears throat> And Sharon D has done a lot of editing in the last year, so <laughs> expect some interesting things. And and we have many more people in our family this yes. year. So I'm assuming I'm I'm sure this is going to be much more of a massive project than it was last year. Yay. <laughs> right. You're like already looking forward to it. Well, hopefully this doesn't mean Rachel has to do has to put on as many hats this year. Although well, we, none of us really none of us really mind. Yeah. We could we'll ta- we'll yeah. tag team. I'll I'll step in when she needs me. Uh, what did did you do like six in the last one? Um at I think least, we at least four. I I think it was like five or six, yeah. Well, yeah. I ha- I yeah. had like but, four of my own, and then a couple people dropped out, so then I filled in for them. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I hope we don't have that trouble this year. So, <laughs> well, and then there's of course the herding cats uh, thing. So like making sure everybody yeah. sticks mm-hmm. to their timeline. But you know, as long as we start from now, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot um, what of what to do and what not to do in last year's production. So yeah, uh, reaching this, out this year ought to hopefully be a little bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. But you know, either way, I'm sure it's going to turn out okay. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Smooth. I loved helping edit that. Yeah, <laughs> that was so it was much so fun. Much fun. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Such a break. Okay, and and to put it into context, we are in the same time period we are now. Uh, but as we were back then, which was doing two episodes a week and all that, and it was hellish. Mm-hmm. So I'm being honest when I say that doing helping out with the editing on that project was such a palate cleanser and like uh, a, a like a mind eraser. It was such a treat and a pleasure to work on, like putting the the TV effects on Mo Collins in the beginning and mm-hmm. getting her to sound distorted like a television set. And doing doing your um your I love your voiceover because you nailed the voiceover that I wanted. <laughs> Perfectly at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. For the pr- yeah. Oh yeah, I used it in the video too, didn't I? I, I don't mm. remember if I did it for the just the promo. <laughs> that was so <laughs> much fun. Oh mm. my goodness, I loved like having that voiceover and then having everybody chime in with the just the uh, the 
TWD family members involved talking about their character, just saying mm-hmm. hey, Beta, Alpha, Daryl, you know, like just saying, and just that little cut between each of them. It's just so cool. Oh, then Brian. Oh my God. Listen, Brian. guys, we, we, let's just put it this way. Watch that video. It was yeah. so much more fun to make uh, than, than what you're seeing on screen, <laughs> but it is just so much fun <laughs> to actually see too. Head over yeah. to Blazy. It says, says youtube.com slash Blazy Gardener, B-L-A-Z-Y-G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R and subscribe and, and do the notification things that you're supposed to do for us as well. Cause that's how it works. Yep. That's how it works. And you, you have to scroll back to December of last year to find it. It's quite a ways back. Just so you know, yeah. it's, it doesn't pop up. It doesn't pop up right away. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see it though. You'll find it. And if you don't yeah. wait for the blog, it'll be there yep. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> Cause we, and we, everybody, everybody, please join in. Get involved. It is so much fun. Yeah. It is so much fun. There are Absolutely. enough characters across all three shows that we could have. Yeah as many people in this video as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to give a gift to Lila Belshaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, again, might, might it have to take sounded that up with much... Leo. <laughs> again, it sounded way differently in my head. <laughs> I want to give a gift to Lila Belshaw. <laughs> I, was going, I was going for menacing, and it turned out differently. <laughs> so speaking of a Walking Dead World Beyond character, welcome back to the show. <laughs> so I wanted to start off by saying only one thing so far. And then from there, I don't have no idea where it will go. Okay. But I thought the title was pretty cute because the last couple of episodes, they were keeping it kind of short, you know, like uh, consequence and uh, uh, foothold. Exit and wounds. Like one, exit was right. And then you have this title, family is a four letter word, which, okay, let's go back. To, again, what would I have been saying for the last couple of, what have I been saying for the last couple of episodes? <laughs> Where was this voice coming from? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Rachel. What was Rachel. that? I don't know. Um, but, so <laughs> Sounds I, like Drunk I'm, Morgan or something. Mm, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Hopefully. One day. I lose chunks. I lose myself. <laughs> and he paid for it for his, with his life. Anyway, so. Oh, John. I don't die. <laughs> I don't die. So, uh, yeah, so I was saying, uh, what I've been saying was that this season is a dark reflection of the last season. Mm. And it, it's never been more clear than the title of this episode because uh, the fourth episode of last year's season was called Wrong End of a Telescope. So, like, there's a little bit of symmetry in the title names, but it gets better because at one point in this episode, Dennis actually says... Um, you want to end up on the wrong end of a kill stick. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Same number episode, first year, last year, you know, second season, first season. And then he actually says the thing, which got me to finally say, okay, all right, I see what you do here. Okay. So cute, right? Okay. Yeah. Small little factoid you can do right off the bat because it's kind of in the beginning. You're talking about titles and mm-hmm. yeah, so. Um, but let's get to the heart of the matter. I Let me start with me first because, you know, let's give the good news for before we go to the avalanche of shit. Um, I will say I really liked this episode because we had a lot of just juicy conflict. Mm-hmm. I was so... I mean, I've liked how the season has, go- has gone. I've, I have. Has it been the best? Not really, but I mean, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. And then just each episode for me gets better and better and better. Not like last year where it was really like slow burn, slow burn. And then all the way, then you get a punch in the face two times. Like you got a, you got a, it was a one, two, a one, two punch at the end. It's like, oh, where did that come from? This is like, really, it's like every episode's kind of ramping up for me in my, in terms of my impressions so far. 
And the fact that we have this finally where everybody's meeting up. We like that, right? We like when, when our characters finally see each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of what we want in the first episode of every show. But here we are. We're finally here. Almost everybody's met each other again, except for Silas, but we'll get to that. Uh, I like that. I like the conflict. And I like the fact that the reunion isn't all that great. You know, it's, something, it's not what we want. But it, it's what we're getting. And it's, that's narrative. That's television. So I, I, I kind of like that. But um, what, what did you guys think? Um, I, I definitely agree with you. I think every episode is, is getting better and better. I did enjoy this episode, um, you know, despite some things. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, I yeah, I liked the conflict between everybody. And uh, just everything between Felix and Huck was like... Oh, I mean, just gave me chills and uh, I just got punches. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of all over the place emotionally over some of these characters. Um, <laughs> Besides others. Like, oh, no, I know what I feel about that one. <laughs> yeah, some of them I know exactly how I feel. Other ones I'm like, what is happening? I don't know what's going on. Uh, but I did want to say... Um, so that very first Walker kill in the very beginning that falls and then they're dragging him. Does that not look just like Carol's shirt? That green uh, button up thing. It's not as long as her. So it's not the same shirt, but it's like almost the same color has sort of a similar pattern. It, Describe the scene again, though, because just to kind of like, help everybody remember. Like the very first <laughs> everybody second. Everybody meeting me. Like the very first second. Like the, like the the episode opens and then there's a walker and, uh, well, we now know that it was um, Asha and Dev killing, taking these walkers. Well, actually, I think it was specifically Asha. Um, she kills the walker and then it drops and, and then they're dragging it over to where they want it to be. But the shirt that it's wearing looks just like Carol's shirt in season nine. I think you're talking about the last episode, aren't I think you? That was last episode. Was it? I did just watch. <laughs> I did just watch. I did just watch Why them am both. I laughing? Back, I did just watch them both back to back, but um, it's think, still worth saying yeah. because I didn't bring it up last last episode either. Okay. So. Fair enough. Yeah, but it did. It really did. And if I didn't say it last time, I should have. No, but here's the thing. I noticed it the, the, again. The reason why I Go laughed away. wildly is because. <laughs> Of of something Sharon D and I exhibited, and now Rachel is exhibiting is like this blending together of all these yeah. episodes because we're just running into recording sessions, just trying to get it all out. Like every so often, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how, the episode I'm covering half the time. So you you hit you finally hit peak. Like I don't know what's going on in terms of. Are you kidding? We well, recorded on Tuesday, and I'm like, what episode? What what are we talking about tonight? I don't even know. <laughs> Imagine, imagine me sitting there half the time and fucking up, like li- literally, like when it comes to the art, I'm oh. screwing up like the numbers and everything, and I'm like, and I'm re-uploading, and I'm like hoping oh, nobody man. notices. <laughs> like, okay. I could, I, I don't even know how your brain stays straight. Honestly, I have well, I, half. When of, I cut clips, the other, oh sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. I do like half of what Dave I, does, and I can't even keep it straight. <laughs> I will do this. Cutting clips out the other day, and I couldn't remember. I put the wrong fucking episode. Oh, that was so oh no! I felt every so single bad. one. Every single one. I had to go back. Can and you go imagine being there. me going, oh, no. Sharon D? I'm just gonna tug, like tugging on your shirt. I'm like, Sharon D, would it be possible for you? Because otherwise, oh, no. and I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll do this for her, and I'll, just, I like, I'll, you know, like she works so hard on these clips. She's been doing the clips lately, just so everybody knows. Cause she has pity on me, mostly. But but then I was like, I'll just I'll just put a little thing over it that's 
says the episode. <laughs> and then I just had to break and I said, and I was dying. This was the same night I did the blog, the clips, the, um, oh my God. I had to push out the podcast cause I had something in between the premiere and then, and then like at the end of it, I was like, I think I'm just going to have to call it. I just have to have to tell her to do it, to do add the little text. I'm glad she did it on headliner cause then she could just go in and just change the letters ah. and then just export again. So thank you. But also, Wow. Yeah, this is just emblematic of where we're at. Anyway, so moving on with your impression. Uh, aside from that, though, there's uh, well, aside from the that fact, I thought that was kind of cool. The fact this is in the beginning scene, right, right where it goes into the opener, right? Um, uh, like into the into the world beyond thing. No, it's like like the very first couple of seconds. But that was last episode. We don't have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So what else? What else did you like about this episode? Um, hey, Mario. Hi, Mario. What did I like about it? Go to Sharendy first. (laughs) (laughs) My my mind is... I'm going to check it back to you anyway. (laughs) Well, so now the question begs is, uh, are there any things... Well, did you not like this episode? That's that. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with you that they're getting better especially compared to the fucking season opener. Um, <laughs> you can't but forget. I, I, just, I am just not liking this season as much as I did last season. Mm. I mean, I am just not. I am, I'm having a very hard time staying engaged with the show. Mm. What, why do you think I, that I don't is? know what it is. Oh, don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because... Um, hold on a second. Dennis is making noise in the other room. Hold on. <laughs> but, but he's making you a smoothie. <laughs> or, I don't know. <laughs> just what it sounds like. <laughs> You know, this just reminds me of like the early days of Squawking Dead. <laughs> mom, mom. Oh, okay. Okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. Do you remember those Carol shows? <laughs> oh my God! Remember our early? Di- oh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm interrupting the podcast just okay. for this one thing. But like early on, early Squawking Dead episodes was Carol, and it was just a nightmare with their kids always going into the room. This is why I don't have them. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, My favorite part is she'd be sitting there, and like I'd see her look over at the door where clearly the kids were on the other side, and she's like, they're sticking their hands under the door, underneath the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like or walkers. like they're, they're popping up like under yeah. like near the desk, and then they're. <laughs> And they come down again. Yeah. yeah. It, I thought oh, it was the, funny. Oh, the knocking. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm sure she was beyond irritated, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> I'm sure she was fine. <laughs> I think seeing me irritated was the worst part. Anyway. Oh. Um, I try not to show it. I, I am awful, and I know it. So, yes. Who is uh, it? I was... <laughs> um, I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> Me, me neither. <laughs> okay. Thank God for editing. <laughs> right? Okay. You're welcome. So you haven't oh, yeah. been enjoying this season. You don't know why. I don't know if it's because we had such a long break or if because I'm just super into fear or if it's burnout. I mean, I just don't know, but I am just not feeling this show this season. I was like, I'm going to watch it again before we record this. And I, it was a chore. I also feel a certain way knowing that, that this is the end. Yeah, it could be that too. We only have so many episodes and in my head I'm going, okay, we need to wrap this shit up, kids. Like, let's kick it into gear. Like, mm-hmm. something needs to happen here. I feel like this episode started doing that. Yeah. Everybody kind of come to coming together. Yep. Will having an idea about, he makes it clear in this episode, I think I may have an idea of getting us all out, mm-hmm. which I liked. And we're only four episodes out of, what, nine, maybe ten? Ten, I think. I think. Ten. Ten. I think ten. Yeah. ten. 
I mean, hopefully they're not doing that 9 and 10 shit all over again, because that's too much. I just can't handle that. But it looks like we're heading there faster than we did last year, maybe. Yeah. Here's the hoping. Yeah, I think season one was a slower build. Well, maybe we'll slow down near the end. I liked them journeying mm. across the country more than I like them actually being there. Well, who doesn't like movement? Maybe, maybe that's what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it seems like in this season they're kind of staying put. Yeah. yeah, for the most part, same setting. I, yeah, I did like the journey. I like, and maybe that's emblematic of what what the conflict is is starting to arise out of all this. Is that you know this is like the Walking Dead philosophy versus staying put. It looks like we're going to see a lot of this in all the shows. Do we believe that these people are the way the means to freeing ourselves? Yeah. Or do we just go back to embracing the Walking Dead philosophy, which is like here's your ideal self. This is where it's at. Daryl says small batches of people living out in the wild, you know, that's when it was great. Yeah, when it was just them. I had a question. I wanted some clarification on some stuff, so I'm counting on you guys to help. The last time they were all really together was the night Huck killed Tony, tried to kill Percy. Percy took off, so that was that was the last time Felix saw him as well. So I understand why Felix is surprised to see Percy when he says, I, th- I think that was, this is going to sound crazy, but I think I saw Percy coming out of the armory. And then he says, if he's alive, he's going after Huck. Right. So why does he think he's going after... He doesn't know yet that Huck shot him. Only Elton and Silas know that. And as far as Felix knows, he should still think that Silas killed Tony. Because that was the last bit of information he... Of course, now he knows Huck's a liar, so he probably doesn't believe that story anymore. But but is that enough to make him think that... Percy's going after Huck? Like, where? where is that connection? Where is he making that connection? Is it possible that Huck fessed up to killing Tony when she was found out? Do you remember when Huck was hiding in the room with all the bandages and stuff like that for Felix to have? With Hope? Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, there's nothing in there but a lot of dead bodies. Oops. Yeah. And then Hope finds her out, and then they go out together, Hope knowing there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. When they finally meet up and then Felix and Huck have that combat, have that battle, battle? I don't know. Have that battle royale, yeah, that Sith battle. pretty much. Was it not maybe revealed sometime in that fight? I wasn't sure myself, but I was thinking, yeah, don't, don't we know? How do, how do we know? Hope and Huck left and she told Hope, you know, I'm going to hope for Hope figured it out. And then Felix and Iris caught up to them after that. Right, but how does Felix know? Hope or Huck told him when they were all together again because he knew something was up. he knew something was up i don't remember oh, that's we right should have rewatched before the season yeah. started that's when huck told felix and iris to go to the perimeter right right she and hope left and went to the helicopter wouldn't hope on the walkie with elton and um... that was huck huck was on the other end of the walkie that's right. Oh, okay. Elton okay. was was radioing Huck, and that's how he found out. Oh, because Percy told Because Percy grabbed the walkie and said, she's the one that shot me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally wakes up. Yeah. yeah. It, one episode later. <laughs> Just, I mean, like, yeah. the tiniest bone in the world to pick. No, but... that's a big bone to pick. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry okay. to tell you. Okay, yeah, okay good. Which happens unless we're dumb and we just forgot. Yeah. Which it's is possible. Season, that's, so. Like I said, that's why I wanted your your input. Like, did what what did I forget? Okay, Mario's agreeing. Mario says, I don't remember anyone telling Felix anything. It must have been off screen. Now, I will say, I'm I'm feeling really bad for Huck right now. Like, this poor girl is right in the middle of everything. She is an island by herself, floating between her mother and these people that she wants as friends. (sighs) My heart goes out to Huck right now. 
one of the things that we had talked about in the last season that we really focused on for some reason, but it stuck with us, right? Felix saying, Leo has to be okay. Because if he's not okay, what does that mean for me? My world is almost shattered. And so, well, thank God he is. Mm -hmm. But when you take that and you transpose it to Huck, and my mother has to be telling me the truth. Mm. Because mm-hmm. if she's not, what the hell have I done? Well, we see we see that by the end of the episode, her finally getting that, and she breaks and, and, down and sobbing. Yeah, yeah. Because then then she realizes all the the bad doing bad to do good, mm-hmm. all the shit that she had to stomach for the greater good, and even showing how they broke her arm to prepare for Omaha. And, and this episode does a little clever bookend where it shows the nice. Margaret and Daniel in the beginning, these nice old older couple, and then couple that with the end scene where they're they're literally, you know, <laughs> I'll miss you, uh, you know, whatever, and then holding her hand down so it can get broken by the soldier, and then going back to Huck and just realizing I went through all of that for this. So what is that going to mean for Huck? And then still, like everybody hates Huck. Everybody hates Huck now. Not me. I meant. On the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost think, and maybe this is a topic that we can bring up. What do you think about Elizabeth Kublik? Does she really love her daughter? Ooh. Right? I mean, this oh. has been bothering me a little bit. Uh, yes, I do. I do think she loves her daughter. Last season, we were saying that maybe she is also in a tough position where she's getting orders given to her and she has to follow through and it's not sitting well with her either. I don't know how much I believe that anymore. When she was giving that speech to the camera, it just felt rehearsed. It didn't feel genuine to me. It was a speech. She was just like the king of England during World War II (laughs) sitting in front of a thing just saying what they tell him to say to make everybody feel better Mm. oh shit come on david stop don't do this (laughs) i'm just because okay is it all that bad it's like it's almost as if like what are you supposed what is she supposed to do she's making them feel safe but not actually making them yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like Mm -hmm. please please don't do this david please (laughs) don't don't say this out loud Mm -hmm. but that's the thing like she's got to do what she's got to do and maybe that's the essence of her character and how much can she stomach of it before it's too much if it's too much. I mean, it yep. sounds to me she's drinking the Kool-Aid. She just presided over the deaths of 110,000 people. I-, I think she's okay with it right now. I think she's all right. Mm-hmm. Well, the turmoil that we saw in the last season is something that we have to remember is that's that's what broke her. That that 100,000 souls broke her. A little bit. I Yeah. It, it affect- I know our timelines aff- are all messed up, but... It affected her. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to say she was broken, oh, but yeah. she mm. was affected by that's what that's what i'm saying like i am remembering that moment and how much more she felt right there on her own and gave like basically nothing to the camera she's speaking to her people and And i think portland if i'm not mistaken i think portland too i think she addresses portland specifically i like that factoid because at first we were kind of like and i was gonna bring this up in the last episode like i think portland's dust they might still be i was gonna say that damn it (laughs) damn it she could be addressing the Portland and Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm so glad that you brought that which, up. <laughs> which, okay, let's remind the crowd in our last episode conversation. This is Fear the Walking Dead, season seven, episode two, which is episode 159. Uh, we just finished wrapping on that. Sharon D has a really cool theory about the Portland that's in World Beyond, and it could be Portland, Texas, and not Portland, Oregon. 
even though like I think we brought up that it they showed it on a map or something. Who knows? But it could be wrong. On Iris, Iris could be wrong. Map. Iris yeah, is exactly. Which which would also make Hope wrong because when Hope and Iris are having the conversation, she <laughs> says Portland is twenty seven hundred miles away. Portland, Oregon is actually twenty eight hundred miles from New York, and Portland, Texas is eighteen hundred. It's closer to Oregon. But, Hope, but that would but, make Hope. But wrong Hope could also. be wrong too. I mean, well, everyone might be assuming Portland, Oregon. Well, I, but, I mean, they are secretive. They are secretive very, about yeah. With good reason. Yeah. Well, the CR is, at least, but not Portland mm-hmm. doesn't have any reason to be. So Mario says she did mention near f- the finale last season that, quote unquote, eyes are on Jennifer from the from those above Elizabeth's rank. This is kind of the thing that we're going to end up talking about a lot because it's becoming more and more vocal that Huck did something to cover up for Dennis's mistake or indiscretions. Mm-hmm. She did something really bad to cover up for his mistakes. And now she's making up for it. the thing she got clemency from in just the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, with mm-hmm. the council. Or the quorum, or the board, or whatever the fuck they're called. But she's still bringing it up. That's what bugs me, man. Yeah. Kublik. During that scene, the the guy that's talking to Huck, uh, I don't remember exactly how the dialogue went, but he's talking about Major General Beale, and he says something down from Major General Beale himself. Mm. We were oh yeah, we were theorizing that maybe Jadis was Major General Beale, but sounds now, like it, now, sounds now, like it's a dude. Yeah, yeah, sounds like wah, it's a dude. <laughs> uh, Could be Rick. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe maybe it's maybe maybe someone told them told Rick his name was Mr. Beale and he doesn't know who he is. Maybe he's got amnesia and he thinks he's General Beale. It's like Mr. Bean. Mr. Beale. Oh, no, Mr. Beale. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. You guys know it's not. Oh, no. It's not going to be amnesia. It's not. Because that's what everybody's saying. That would be the only reason he wouldn't be out there looking for his family. It's it, what we want it I know. to be. To, to, for an excuse, but you know it's not. Yeah. It's terrible. Or threat. Or well, threat. I mean, you guys, yeah, or not. you guys did say threat yeah. before. Could be a threat. Yeah. I, I, I feel like the more we talk about this, the more I'm leaning in the direction of what I said in, I don't know what, what episode it was, but going back, I said something to the effect of, I think he's, this is where we left off. I mean, he's continuing from where he left off at the bridge. He was trying to bring communities together, and the only way he knows how to do that is to believe in the CR. Oh gosh! So I I know it's 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 heartbreaking, but I think that's what I feel like that that's where they're heading. Their ideologies kind of match up a little bit. Mario says that guy Beale was mentioned in every episode since the start of season two. I wonder what's going to be with that. Same here. Mm-hmm. And eventually we're going to meet Beale. And hey, it could be Jadis. Still, maybe they're like so incredibly secretive. Like these people have never met Major General Beale, so they're assuming it's a guy too. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling as well. Just like you. It's really funny that we're talking about this because on the heels of that first episode with Strand, equally, <laughs> I, I try my best to believe in Iris. But this episode was trying. <laughs> this episode was, was a little bit of an exercise. I don't know how to feel about her anymore. I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> but see, what's great about this episode or what's great about the writing is it's almost like as though she is standing out like a sore thumb, like a, like a pimple that needs to be popped. In the backdrop, you have Percy's indiscretion. You have Percy having just almost, and he's admitting flat out like a human being, I feel regretful. I was so consumed by this feeling. I almost got Felix, Will, who was on the run, mm-hmm. Felix, and then you killed. And I don't know who I am now. This, this has gotten me mixed up, but this is genius. Because when you look at Iris, you see, oh shit, what is going on here? What is what makes her what makes her different? What makes her singular? And also maybe a little 
psychopathic. It's not just ba- a bad character and bad writing now. When, when you said searing into the skid, I have a feeling they're really going hard on this one. Like they're going hard into the, into the <laughs> fucking curb. Yeah. Or sorry, not the curb, the median, let's say. Forget <laughs> it. Because once you go into the median, you bust through. Now you're on oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. I, I will admit that it was nice to hear Percy take responsibility and kind of, like you said, say his regrets. Now, on the flip side of that, he's a fucking con man. Can we believe anything that comes out of his face? He knows all the right words to say. But wait, wait, but then you'd have to back that up with what would be the advantage to doing that at all. I'm not sure. I'm Sympathy. Not sure. I, I, he, got a ki- he got a kiss from Iris out of it. <laughs> I mean, she was already giving him treatment. <laughs> but he broke He broke off and was like, uh, backed off from her. You know, I don't, she was into it. He was like, eh, peace. I'm yeah. out. I don't know. I just, I also don't know, like, what part is he going to play? Now he's trustworthy. So what? <laughs> well, narr- narratively speaking, it, it really does make a lot of sense what Percy's doing. Because think about it. Iris planted a seed in him last year. Okay, shh. Because <laughs> he says, this is the man you could be. You make me believe that I could be the man of my namesake, let's say even Percival, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that. And yet, narratively speaking, Iris is moving the other way. Or she's she's taking that person who believes in justice and righteousness and whatever and taking it to the nth degree to a darker place you know it's one thing if you stand up for what's right and what you believe in on principle and this is i feel i firmly believe iris is doing whatever she's doing right now on principle and we will get into this in a bit but then when you do that you don't leave room for nuance don't leave room for thinking practically. We're hanging on Hope's every word in her discussion with, with Iris. And we're, ba- we're like, Iris, listen to your sister. <laughs> your sister's making sense. You can take your time. You can do damage from the inside. The thing that you that you were doing back in Campus Colony, you were just playing the long game. You're like hoping that, you know, with every little bit of information and knowledge that you gained in school, you could work alongside your dad and, and figure out a solution to the problem. You can help the world and stuff. Nope. Complete reversal. I think that's why I don't like Iris this season. Because this change in her is just so abrupt. I mean, yes, maybe she was changing a little bit last season, but all of a sudden for her to just do this 180 and be a totally different person in in the space of like two episodes. Since she killed the soldier. Even before that though, because she was all, oh, gung-ho, I gotta go, we gotta do this and this. It's like, think. Like, you're so smart, think. Mm -hmm. Think about what you're doing. And she's not. The change is just so quick. Like, she went from season one Iris and now she's season two Iris, but it's she's totally different. Even Percy remarks on this too. Mm-hmm. It's like you seem, it, it, or I, both of them I do think actually. That's the problem. They they both kind of remark on this. They say, "Oh, you see, Hope says you seem older, even though Hope is actually older technically." Mm-hmm. Percy says, "You seem what does he say? You seem old. <laughs> Definitely not a thing you want to tell a girl." Yeah. Which okay is a signal, and I I think maybe killing the soldiers not helped matters either. Maybe it's emboldened her. Maybe it's maybe it's made things clearer in her mind of what she needs to do or some people when they get that sign of that purpose that they need to have. I'm not really sure. But I can tell you that what she's doing is something that scares me. And I think it scares you too, Rach, in a way. I think I've cracked a code a little bit, at least as far as you go. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Be prepared to say no. Hit me. But you seem like the kind of person who believes in truth believes in doing what's right, doing things on principle and standing up for yourself, whether or not you do it or not, like in your heart, you want it to be the case that we can all stand up for what's right. When somebody does something wrong, you call them out, hey, hey, buddy, hey, there's a problem there here. We've reached a conflict, right? 
a little error in our software. And that's for as long as we've watched this show, these shows for 10 years, we've realized that over time, and even as adults and as people, that sometimes we have to compromise and sometimes we have to make sacrifices. And it's not as simple as standing on your heels and not backing down and saying, you know, this is wrong, you know, and standing up for sometimes you have to think about, like Percy said, you know, the cost of standing up for what, you know, who it affects. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not as simple as just standing up for principle anymore. Now you have to think of who it hurts. And sometimes it's not in your power to be able to stand up for those things. And sometimes you have to just say, I'll do this, but I can't do that. If I do that, then this will happen. And I don't want to impact the people I love in any way if I can help it. So that being said, I can easily see why somebody like even you and me would be so hateful. I mean, in my heart, I'm feeling a little bit like, and, and I have to keep in mind also that she's a kid still. She's like a teenager. Yeah. And kids in the apocalypse. Because I'm seeing somebody who is just like, dude, you're not thinking of the consequences. She's telling you that dad is going to do something stupid and he may get hurt. Mm-hmm. I'll cur. Okay, fine, fine. But then there's that part of you that uh, we bring up the Alden and Aaron situation about ba- uh, baby Adam, Mary seeing baby Adam and Alden digging his heels and saying, no, it doesn't matter if she wants to change. She's done things. And so there's, there's the, the what we want, ideally want, you know, our, our hopefulness, our hopeful attitude in seeing, giving people a chance, let's say. And then there's the practical side of us saying, no, that takes time. You know, you got you to right the wrongs. But there's that other part of you, like speaking about Iris specifically, and you specifically, the person who likes truth and upholds truth. And, you know, at any cost. Well, then, of course you hate Iris. Because there's that other part of you that knows he has to make sacrifices. And so you're almost like, Iris, don't you see? It's the walking dead. It's not, <laughs> it's not as simple as holding up to principles. People who hold up to principles die, right? And yeah. so, see, normally in the beginning, but this is the Rick Grimes effect. We were all on Rick's side before. You know, we all really liked Rick Grimes from the beginning. And then over time, we we're kind of like, okay, <laughs> you can only be wrong so many times as a protagonist because you want your protagonist to be right. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that we hate, that anybody here hates Rick Grimes or anything like that. No. Or, but, you know, we have to see the, tru- the truth of the matter for what it is and judge accordingly. The last episode, Iris is all, oh, we got to get in there. We got to get in there right now. And we've got to get in there and do some damage and get in there. So they give her the opportunity to get in there. She goes, no, nah, I'm not going. What? (laughs) Wait, wait, can you drill, drill down on that? Like the, what, what was the opportunity to get in there? Hope and hug. Hope's like, come back with us. We want you oh, and Felix oh, to come episode, back with us. I thought you meant last episode. Okay. Dude, no. no See I how last episode she you? was like, <laughs> last last episode she's like, oh, let's go. And this episode she's like, nah, nah, I'm just going to stay here. What do you fucking want, Iris? Mm-hmm. What do you fucking want? Yeah. that I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. And it's a little scary. I mean, you're seeing these two sisters looking at, and there's some really good acting going on here. You're seeing these two sisters looking at each other, but they're really looking at the camera. Is this where we part ways? Is this where we, where we have confidence? And then there are two times where I noted, like, it feels like Iris feels super betrayed by Hope, super betrayed by, by her deciding not to be on her side. She even remarks on it with Percy. She says, I thought, you know, my sister was on my side about like to be on the side of justice, to, to do whatever it takes. You and me, Percy, we get what it means. That scared me too. And Percy's like, nah, B, I'm, I don't know if I'll do whatever it takes. I want to do what's right. But her saying in the same breath, you know, I thought that was my sister, but wah, wah. 
just because my sister doesn't want to do something absolutely ridiculously stupid, she's not that person anymore. Yeah. No. Get yeah, out I, of Iris seems, I feel like Iris would feel betrayed by anyone who didn't 100% agree with everything she said. Like, how dare you not agree with me? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I also... Oh my god, she's but, Morgan. Ha, ha, you can't stay at the dam. Get out of here. Or or me at like 15 or something like that. I'm, I'm And well, you know, and that makes... Like how many times have we stood our ground on something that we didn't see at the time was the wrong thing to do? Or was like, uh, you didn't really think that through. I, I identify with that. I don't want to. And it makes me angry it does make me angry i think about me as a teenager and sometimes i'm like i get angry like why were you so stupid you know and so iris yeah (laughs) yeah there you go well what what also pissed me off is when her and hope were having that conversation and she does not tell hope that will is alive or felix yeah well will yeah i mean well i don't think hope assumed felix was Dead. Well, I mean, he could be because she hasn't I, I seen didn't mean him. Felix. I meant, I meant Elton. Oh, Elton. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't even tell right up until the end. Yeah, I was screaming says, at my television, screaming. <laughs> right. Hope says, "Is there anything else you want to tell me?" Yeah. Iris does dart at Huck, and Lord knows everybody's sus on Huck. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't blame Iris for not saying anything because if it means that you know they have a strategic advantage against Huck as far as the CR goes. Yeah, that makes sense. And it breaks my heart to even think that but I can't blame her. But at the same time, it really made me mad. It made me so mad. But that she couldn't tell him that at least that uh, that Elton was alive still. Mm-hmm. When Hope and Iris are having their conversation, no, Hope has no idea that Will is still alive. And Iris doesn't feel like telling her, I guess, mm-hmm. bitch. Although it does suit the narrative a little bit, too, because Elton's maybe on, Iris, on another path. Maybe Iris is just jealous because she wasn't chosen like Hope was. I could see that. So she's just letting You think, that, though? She's letting that. I could see oh, that. because she was the straight A. She was the straight A. Yep. Smart student. Toe the line. Be the good girl. Yep. Do it all. And they chose Hope over yep. her. I could see that. I could definitely see her being butthurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know. The reason why I don't think so is because if she's that hard up on injustice, I don't I feel like she's too wrapped up in this narrative to be even thinking about personal pride. I mean, to the effect of like her not even thinking through whether this is a great move or not. She's so angry that her home was and maybe even the, to the fact that like these people are so evil, they've convinced my dad to work for them and even my own family is too jacked up into this fucking narrative to even think about getting out. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you think that you'd want to get out? So I, I don't, I just can't see, I can't let's, see that. Let's play what if for a second. What if the CR did take Iris and left Hope behind? I think Iris would be drinking the Kool-Aid. She would be playing Jenga with Mason. She'd be doing research with Dr. Ellis. I, she'd, she would be there doing it all and she'd be happy about it. I don't know that Hope would be on the same path Iris is right now. I can't Honestly, say that. I, I feel like the damage had already been done in their journey to the CR or the CR facility, whatever they thought the CR was. I feel like they found out who they were because we were seeing we were seeing some of these transformations along the way of how they kind of started switching roles. Iris being a little bit more reckless, Hope being more cautious. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. saw we, we we got to see that. Mm-hmm. Which is what? Which is the effect of the Walking Dead showing you who, who your idea... Sh- being out here changes you, is what Felix says. Or Huck says. Yeah. I think both of them say it. I think both of them say it at some point. 
ironically. <laughs> I feel sad. Okay, I know I'm taking a break here, but Aww. I feel sad that they're not friends. I feel do feel sad. And I see Felix's betrayal. And I think Huck feels betrayed too, which is weird. I don't feel... I try not to feel sorry for her, but at the same time... Because oh. she done did bad. I definitely feel bad for Huck. I yeah. feel I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be righteous about it, but principled, right? Going back to, to Iris and Hope, I don't, I'm not sure that... I, I I would agree at this at this point seeing what what I've seen already at this point. Do you think I, you don't think uh, Iris I, would um would be happy to help the the CR and the and her dad? I'm almost scared to say that I I think Iris would have gotten her dad killed a lot faster. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, I'm sa- I say sad because I feel like she would have figured out the same things that she, that she would have figured out on the outside most likely. I don't know if she would have been able to do it without Will. That's a good point. But I think she would have eventually figured it out and she would have made a stand. She would have fought for justice. Now, does that mean Hope wouldn't have gotten them out sooner? Her being on the outside and Iris being on the inside, would Hope have had a better plan of trying to get them out? Or would Hope have tried to get on the inside, be practical and play the long game and try to protect Iris in the process? That might have actually been a more ideal situation. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping Iris on the inside, Hope on the outside, Hope trying to get everybody on the inside so they're protected and smart and then safe. But now we have this, and this is all conflict and and butting heads against it. Which, look, okay, listen, guys. As angry as we are with Iris right now, I think that is actually a much more fun outcome story-wise. There being this will they, won't they, are they going to go on the inside or are they not? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with conflict. I'm okay (laughs) with story. It pisses us off the way Iris is acting, but I'm finding that, like, I hate Iris because (laughs) she represents that part of me that is principled that likes to stand up for what's right. But then fuck you, because it's the walking dead, right? You can't, you try to live on principle, and Rick knows this, you die. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. So you have to kill that part of it. And it's almost, guys, it's really unfair. <laughs> it's really unfair to Iris also. But this is what the show has come to. The show is is using these children as avatars for those different parts of us that on the one hand, like you're looking at Hope and she's making all the sense of the world because we have a 10 year advantage on doing quote unquote dumb things now because now we say it's dumb. But before that, we're like, yeah, you can make it, Rick. You can do it. You'll beat the saviors. Oh, shit. So we have that advantage. We had our favorite characters die as a result of standing on principle or some sort of principle or righteousness. We don't want that to happen to us again. Fuck you, Iris, die, right? There's that part of us that wants... <laughs> that made Rachel smile. <laughs> but, right, but you get it. As much as I dislike Iris right now, I'm not ready to be like, kill her off. Like I'm there with Percy, oh. like you can kill Percy. All of this has to to mean something. So I, I, I want to see ultimately what her role is going to be in all of this, but it doesn't mean I like her. Is it that maybe there's a little bit of that kernel of what I was talking about in her? What is she supposed to do? She's supposed to stand up for what's right. Yeah, well, I mean... For the sake of these colonies that got destroyed, which she's assuming she's right, and she is right. Right, yeah. yeah. Then what you do is go back with Hope and Huck and fucking do some shit from the inside and find out what's going on. You're not going to find out shit in Perimeter. Nope. You know, that's... I want to go back to what you said earlier about not necessarily about pride, but about... It sounds to me like it used to be that Hope used to follow me and what I did. Like, I used to be the paragon. I used to be the ideal. And it's less about, like, you know, being butthurt about them not taking me. There is a little bit of that, like, even though it's like a yin-yang thing again, I I can't believe we're saying this about this show, but, like, Hope saying to Iris, you seem older, and yet Iris going back to Hope and and almost saying but not saying 
you used to follow my lead and you got to do whatever the hell you wanted. I used to have to be the example. Mm-hmm. And, and now look, at you're not following my lead or at least using me as an anchor, a tether to what is supposed to be right. What happened to you? Do, you? do you get that sense? Hope got to do whatever she wanted. I don't give a shit. I'll fuck off. I'll make alcohol, whatever. <laughs> Iris got to do the straight and narrow. Now, like, maybe there's, maybe there's, a, is a little bit of resentment in that sense. Like, you know, I did everything I could to do what's right, blah, blah, blah. And what did it get me? And, and then our home was destroyed. Everything that I built for, destroyed. Was all of that worth nothing? I don't know. So there's something there. There's something there. And it's not necessarily Hope's fault. To Hope's credit, she did what she wanted. She found, and look, she found her way back anyway, you know, and she's seeing like the value in what Iris used to see the value in. And they're kind of, they are literally switching roles. I don't think it's about being butthurt, but I do see there being like a, hey, you used to be in my shadow. That <laughs> sounds there. pretty butthurt to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, yeah, maybe that, or like they're out of sync, you know, like, are we on the same page? Aren't, I thought we were sisters or, or what does it mean for you to be my sister if you're not in my shadow or something like that? Relationships aren't black and white, you know, like it's not always, but there is that little piece that says, oh, you used to be in my shadow. Because mm-hmm. you see in the last season, like Hope having this really terrible inner turmoil with regards to the story with Amelia Ortiz and Elton and all that stuff. And we were living in the shadow and the specter of what she had done. And now that that spirit is lifted, although it's still hanging around in the air with Elton, you, we got a little of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. Even um, Mario saying, Iris is just too reckless for me. Even with the whole talk about her father stirring things up, she still stays in the perimeter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. What did you guys think of the relationship between Dennis and Silas? There was a little bit of like a almost fatherly presence there somewhat. I think it's really respects. cute. I think it's really cute, and I like that Silas has, well, you know, a more positive male role model than his dad was, right? Right, that it didn't have to be, mm-hmm. oh, it doesn't have to be the same with him as it is, was with my dad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Did you, did you pick that pick up on that right away, that, like, Dennis was starting to be really abusive towards him, and Silas was like, nah, B, uh-huh. I'll, just end you, I'll end you like my dad. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't. Because you'll end up with your head bashed in. <laughs> yeah. just, just saying, bro. Just saying, bro. I don't know, though. I, I, don't, I don't know. Agent Dennis you know, was a CRM soldier. He may be able to hold his own. <laughs> this is the part where I <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this again. This is the part where I put on the screen, and I'm not doing it now, but you will see in the episode, a picture of Max Osinski shirtless. Yeah, he could totally take off Silas. He is ripped. He's the he's like he's Austrian. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Austrian. What do they put in the fucking water? Oh, <laughs> it's not water. It's you know, just straight steroids. <laughs> you know, Nietzsche may have been may have been onto something about the Superman. <laughs> you think it's steroids? No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe no. it's the Austrian government. I liked how a lot of these scenes seemed like it was going one way. And then they were like, just kidding. It's not what you think. Like when Dennis and Silas, Silas is like, uh-uh, bro. And then he's like, you and me after class. And we're all like, oh, God, what's he going to do? And all he does is stitch him up. It was cute. It was so I mean, sweet. All he does. <laughs> it's 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 complete other way. Ugh. Or like the uh, the training ground where we thought Silas was going to have to really fight walkers. Yeah, but it was just a setup. They were all yeah. like a, a modern day video game. Yeah, in my estimation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. They don't have video games. All all bark, no bite. Yeah, did that not did that not remind you of the fighting pits at Woodbury? It didn't. 
But now it is. Now it does. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like other times where we saw walkers with no teeth, but like the only times we really um, Michonne's, Michonne's pet walkers. Michonne's walkers. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> we're just quick. Time. We're quicker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cut off the face. This part of the face. <laughs> Mario seemed to have really, really glommed onto the Dennis Silas story. He even said above that uh, you know almost made him tear up. Too. That's kind of what I want to get to next is that like in this episode, we see Iris having a syntax error when it comes to doing things that the way Hope lays out. And we see Hope, you know, compromising her ethics or compromising, you know, even in the light of, of finding out exactly what may have happened. She has a problem with it, but she still thinks that this is the best course of action. Now, Silas seems to mirror at first for a long while more of what Iris is dishing out. However, by the end of this episode, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I, in spite of myself, I, you know, you know how at the, end, at the credits, they kind of just push what the next episode is going to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, Silas is moving in the direction of, of this ideology of like, okay, let's work from the inside. Because a lot of what Dennis represents, and I feel like him telling Silas to take the bottle away from him is him finding some sort of purpose again. Because it seems like he might be an alcoholic. I'm not sure. Mm. Like sober. You see from the very beginning that he is really jacked into working f- working from the inside. And so are the kids. The kids are very jacked into, this is the way to do it. You work hard, you will rise up in ranks. Yeah, climb in the corporate ladder. This is the way. Yeah. This is the only way. We've got this. There's a whole bunch of shit that you don't know about that we've got and that we know about. And this is the way to go. And it's weird, right? Because we are conditioned, again, 10 years of these shows, or 11 years technically, of these shows. And what we know is that it doesn't matter. This problem is greater than all of us. But then the Civic Republic is kind of trying to show us that we've done the work. Now, what what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be part of the solution? Or are you going to be part of the problem? Because we got this. You don't want to be a part of this. It's fine. Get the fuck out. There's mirroring going on here with both Hope and Iris and with Silas and Dennis. And, and it's really ideological. Is the Walking Dead principle that we started out with, is that going to hold up? Or is the solution going to be working from the inside, doing the hard work little by little, start from the beginning in the mailroom, and then you work, this is the equivalent of the mailroom. Yeah. And then you work your way up. But what do you guys think about that? Well, I, I think we don't have time to take the slow route here. We got six episodes to wrap this shit up, so they need to start climbing faster. I Well, mm-hmm. and I think they will. I can't see it going any other way than crazy mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't, don't you think? Because we haven't seen any of the crazier scenes that we, see, we saw in the look ahead. Right. You know, with uh, Jadis and all that stuff. Shit's about I, I to mean, hit the fan. I have every bit of confidence in them saying, seeing, showing us so much more. And no, but what do you think about this one concept, though? Do, does Dennis have a point? I mean, he is showing you the softer side. He's like, look, I know it sucks, but that's what people need to do. That's where people start. Well, that's how the CR, that's how the CR wins, by everyone having that mentality. Oh, this is the only mm-hmm. way. We got to do it. It's like boot camp. Break them down, and then you can build them back up again into what exactly. you want. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it's the right way. I mean, that's okay. how you create robots, not a society. You got people living in fear. Yeah. Well, when you get to a certain... This is like the, <laughs> this is like the Scientology conversation. Like, they're not quite at the, the realm where it starts butting heads with fear, right? But, like, you see, like, Webb is the one who graduates, graduates, gets that promotion. He's very happy. He's There's there's pride in his voice, you know? He's, he really feels like he's doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm I, not saying I, I, I believe that, but I, I'm just I saying... I feel like the CR has conditioned it that way, though, right? Like, this is your reward for, for doing this. I mean, it's not 
unlike the world we live in now. And I've always, I've always said though that why begrudge somebody's path, right? Like if this is good for you, then that's good for you. You know, that's this this way of life is for you. But does he? Do they think they have any other option? Did Webb? That's kind of what I'm angling. Yeah. Did Webb have any other? passions that he wanted to pursue or or was this always it because maybe he thought this was his only option and so yay i i did it <laughs> you know i'm not really sure to be honest with you because i keep thinking to myself these guys are out of bounds clearly trying to create this this video game system with which they can practice right so they're not really working within the bounds of the cr to do this however they're doing it for the cr so there's a little bit of interplay here they know the rules of the game they know the the great nothing that's out there as dennis said i, I don't know what they're going to try to show me but i do know that they're going to be playing with these these ideologies these themes of thinking locally versus globally on the one hand, you can accuse Hope and Iris of both thinking locally locally and globally. For instance, Hope thinking locally in terms of her father, that makes sense. But I think she's also thinking globally in terms of the cure. And then you could also accuse Iris of the same thing. She's thinking locally because she thinks that's the best way to, to take care of her family and Will and Felix and all that. But she's also thinking globally because she's standing on principle, like she, on the greater principle ideal, right? Whereas Hope may have a little of that, you know, oh, humanity, uh, save humanity sort of thing. I like th the way they're painting this sort of where these avatars are, are flowing or moving, because there's a little of this and a little of that, but they're both a little of this and a little of that. And you kind of side with Hope because of our experience in the Walking Dead universe. But who knows? Because if this is going to coordinate with Rick's return, who knows where this shit's going to go? I'll be honest with you. And if they try to pull me back, bro, I don't even know. I don't know what to think. What do you think the chances Hope and Iris show up in Rick's movies are? <laughs> okay, so in our conversation, I had a slight thought that for this story to continue, I feel like Iris might have to die. Because in both Leo and Iris dying, let's just say because Leo's done, he's dead. He's just so dead. I don't see him living. And then, and yet they'll spare him. I'm sure they will, because I said that. His brain, but they need his, they need his mind. They don't care. <laughs> they got hope. What do, they, what do you need Leo yeah, for? Yeah, but hope's not Leo. Exactly. She's better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kidding. Hope is currently getting an education where Leo already has it. What I'm thinking though, is that between those two, these two sides of hope, essentially, Leo being the person who wants to save the world, dedicated to saving the world, and there's that little bit of that pull, and Iris being just, and if for Iris to die, it gives hope the torch, in a sense, a little of that avatar that Iris represents, justice, fairness, standing on principle, and if hope carries both these torches, then, you know, a lot of cool shit can happen. Now, here's the thing. Let's say they decide, they decide to turn it the other way and kill Hope, Oof. who has the potential to hold both torches. That actually actually makes more sense for the Walking Dead universe, <laughs> yeah. right? Because they, they hate us. They hate humanity. <laughs> they hate us. And, and the Stanley Milgram experiment continues. <laughs> they want to just stab us repeatedly in the heart. Right, because as much as you would want to, let's say, or as much as it would relieve you to to be relieved of Iris's presence, <laughs> at the same time, what's the alter alternative? What makes narratively more sense? So it's like, do you want to get what you want, or do you get what do you want to get what gives you better story? Ugh. And I'm not saying it doesn't have to go one way or the other. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, one of them's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so Mario says that Mason guy is totally going to tell Hope where the CR is, right? I don't think so. I don't know about that, but uh, 
fuck, we have to go back to 203 again. What Mason? You mean Mason Belshaw? When Mason, what Mason, <laughs> what Mason says to Hope in 203, they they sort of just like it was just real quick, but it stuck in my mind when he tells her that he made a master control to all the labs. Mm. You think something mm-hmm. like there's going to be some? Oh well, oh, yeah. Hope is going to do something with that, right? Oh Not Mason. yeah. Well, I mean, she might be able to coerce Mason into helping her out. Check out you this mean, side, boob. <laughs> you mean use Mason's penis like a joystick? Uh, I don't think. Bam, bam. I'm not sure that that's the uh, the the. What did he? The, what the the, the the technical term? The control. The, what did he call it? He built a master control. That's I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's the master control he's talking about. Do you want to see my master controller? <laughs> Some <of my> plants. <laughs> Eugene. Up, up, what? up, up, down, down, left, right, left, left right. B A. B A. T A. T A. A three four. A three four five. I'll call the one testicle B. I call the other testicle A. Anyway, maybe though. I don't know. That would be that would be hope embracing a little, little of that iris though, wouldn't it? Mario says I'm actually quite shocked that they have CR kids with Omaha and Portland ones. I'm not. I think it makes all the sense in the world to kind of like what they said to to pull all the resources. Yeah, and they they do mention in this episode that the the Omaha kids are still there. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not sure that we've seen any. Yeah, I can't confirm that we've seen Omaha kids, but Mason did say again in 203 he was talking about the Portland kids not knowing when they get to go home. Oh God, yeah. Shush. So yeah, that which is what got me to thinking why it might is, be dead. Right? Is Portland even there? One thing we know for sure is that at least Huck is is being lied to. <laughs> yeah, oh, big time. Whether it's also about Portland remains to be seen. Right. Which means aka they're lying to us as well about Portland being around. Hold on. Iris telling Hope what she thought of who was responsible for Omaha because Hope didn't really know who was responsible. Hope was told, oh, it's the column or mm-hmm. this whatever. And then we had to salvage equipment or whatever. We didn't get to save any people, blah. And even in, in her hallucination, she kills Kublik. But hearing it from Iris and believing her sister, do you think that's going to be a little bit of poison in Hope's mind when it comes to how to deal with the CR? Because, I mean, once you hear something, you can't unhear it. Sure. That's, that's, there's a problem there. Although it, it seemed to be them telling her that they tried to kill Will that was really pushed Hope over the edge. Like the other stuff, she was like, eh. Right. And we can't forget that in, in the last episode, there were a lot of flashbacks on Hope's end of things. The trials that she endured out in the wild. Her flashing back to the Twin Walkers, being out there and almost dying and stuff like that. Yeah, by people as well. I just feel like having this information is also going to just ratchet that behavior up even more. Mario was saying, I was asking that, meaning shocked to have Omaha and Portland kids, because when Hope asks Mason, is it because he believes what they are doing or is it because they say it? Oh, he's basically saying, does Mason believe what he's Mm-hmm. What he's even talking about. That remains to be seen, but I feel like he does, though. Remember when he kind of introduces himself to Hope with the impression that he doesn't know what's going on or who she is, yeah. but he really does? Absolutely. And what was Mason doing down in that area, first of all? Well, th- those were the labs, but why does he Why does he go into the room that he's not supposed to go into unless he has access? Uh, well, I mean, I'm just wondering why he was down there at all. Like, the kids, the, like they're not holding classes down there. That's where the scientists are. So why was he wandering down there? Maybe his mom was there, so. Well, <laughs> so that's, that's more evidence for that for me. That was kind of where I was leaning to. I that's think, what I sold think Mason, it. I think Mason knows a lot more 
than what he's saying. I haven't decided yet if he's good or bad. I can't tell. I want to say bad. I, I kind of want to say shady, but you know what? I guess it would make sense of Mari, to Mari's point. I like that, yeah. To, to Mari's point, he says, he's, he responds a little bit of both, like if he really believes in the thing or if he basically says, now I remember the exact thing. He says, do you not tell people where you're from because you're told to not tell people where you're from or because you believe it's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And Mario says what he says, which is a little bit of both. And, my, and Mario also says, uh, Mason is for sure protected by someone. Mm-hmm. Lila Belshaw. Come yeah. on, read the writing on the wall. <laughs> it's Mason Belshaw. I'm on board with that theory, to be honest. My only hang up is if that were true, don't you think Leo would know? Unless Lila's keeping <laughs> Mason a big secret. Unless nobody knows that Mason is Lila's son. But otherwise, otherwise Leo would know. I think he's Major General Beale's son. Ooh. Mason General Beale? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Maybe he is Major General Beale. I'm kidding. That's even worse. Paired him up with Hope to get intel. I could see that. He's somebody. He's somebody important. And speaking of, okay, let's let's bring it back to Dennis and Silas. Silas breaks after the incident with the kids, and he says... You know, I was really just trying to get back to... Because he goes back to the culling outpost. He goes back to pick up medicine and stuff like that. And he gets caught by Dennis, who's like... I love that little scene where it just shows him with the cigarette hanging from his mouth going, What the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, you know, it just stays with him until it cuts to the other scene. But then he tells Dennis about, I was just trying to find my friends. And Dennis says something that really, first of all, goes, Tell us more, Max. Max Osinski. Tell us more. Mm-hmm. believe in your friends because you can't lead alone what oh that's victor Um, no but like no he says like he says something very smart he's like you don't think your friends can take care of themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) it didn't occur to any of us (laughs) like oh yeah whatever i think the bigger concern was that silas thought he knew something about huck that no one else did he he's under the impression that they're all still believing and trusting huck and he's like and he knows the truth yeah oh that's you know a good reminder right Mm -hmm. which also got me to thinking about what you just what you had said earlier like oh does felix know and it seems like he does we haven't checked but we're assuming now that he does right i guess right because anything could have happened in that cutscene before they before they part ways but dennis responds and saying i don't know who this bitch huck is (laughs) this battle he says battle battle axe yeah he should have said bitch that would have been so much better but but do you see something happening there, like in terms of he and Silas? And what if Dennis found out that that person was Huck, that Jennifer is Huck? Doesn't he know? I th- that's what I, I think he I'm does. Wondering. I think he does know because yeah, in in two o because in two o three he says something to the effect of I don't know if he says Huck, but he says something. He says or, we picked up a newbie or whatever you're calling yourself now. So he does know she goes by something else. I don't know. But doesn't say the name. But here's the thing. But I he, he can't even remember says, if he does or not. But in the same scene or whatever, in the same general setting, he says, we picked up a newbie today. Yes. And referring to Silas. Yeah. Whatever Huck did, she maneuvered it behind the scenes. We'll deliver Silas to this culling facility so he's safe. And nobody needs to know about it. Even safe from Dennis himself. Which makes sense, because if Dennis knew about it, he might fuck it up like he did last <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he did something. <laughs> he fucked something up. We don't know what and it is know, yet, though. I, I'm starting to think about, like, what it is that he actually did. Like, I'm starting to think of, like, and what it might have been was something, like, in the iris camp of principle and what's right. Mm-hmm. Or mm. a little alcoholism because of the bottle. I, I, I That one's a little loosey-goosey. I'm not really sure about that. But the whole standing on principle and doing something 
terrible that Huck made up for in both ways by taking the blame and then also going out to the special mission. I feel it was something in that realm. And so if he found out who Huck really was, I feel like there's a kinship between he and Silas. I, I feel like something would happen there. I think Dennis does know exactly who Huck is. And here's why. Because when Silas is talking about this dangerous person, Dennis says what he says. Oh, well, you think your friends can't take care of themselves? And then Silas says, you don't know Huck. And then Dennis responds, knowing she's a she. And he says what she, he says about the battle axe. So he I knows so too. Yeah. But he refers to this dangerous person as a she, though, earlier in the in the beginning of the conversation, Silas. Because Silas said she's dangerous. Yeah. She's a killer. Yeah. Yeah. A killer. I, I, I don't thought this. I don't remember said, him saying said, she. I, I, she I mean, he he does. She's a killer. Yeah. I thought he referred to yeah. her as this person. Because I thought I, I had killer. Dennis, too. And then I rewound the tape. And then it was like, yeah, it, I don't know how he said Because Silas speaks a little bit broken. So sometimes he'll say, da, da, da. And English then go accent back and is say, hard. What's that? An English accent is hard. Leave <laughs> Australian. Hell alo- leave hell alone. <laughs> Australian. No, yeah. The English accent is hard. Our oh, accent American, is hard American. for him. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. It's hard for Hal. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> leave Silas alone. Yeah. I mean, his real name is Hal. Yeah. But Silas. It's my Silas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Leave my boy alone. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and watch it again. Because I really... Because yeah. both times... I was like, how does Silas not pick up the that Dennis picked up on that? I, I'll just say that, yeah, we, we heard the she, but we also... Okay. And then there's also the last episode where he says... You know, like, oh, I picked up a newbie, meaning he doesn't have no idea. Yeah, I just want to know what happens now. Will Silas work within the system to figure this out? And hey, if Will is on a collision course with that perimeter outpost, well, who knows what will happen? See, like, I like this character. And first of all, I, I always felt like Agent Dennis. Sorry. <laughs> Agent, what was his name in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Davis. I always felt like he needed more screen time. Like, even though they kind of kept trying to sneak him in a little bit more and more, just never was enough. I do want to see Agent Dennis get more screen time. I, I think it's yeah. going to happen. I just think it's funny that we have a Dennis and we have a Silas in the same show. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's next? Like a Gila and a Dina and an Isaac? My son and Sharon D's husband are sharing scenes together. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds legit. What if you replaced can't them? hear me. I wish he looked like that. <laughs> I think Dennis would wish he looked like that. I think I think your Dennis would wish he looked like that too. Probably. I wish I looked like that. Shit! I wish I, w- I looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> I look like an upside down pear. I wonder what his real accent looks sounds like though too. <laughs> so. When you said he was Austrian, I'm like, ooh, ooh! I got to look for an interview now. I want to hear him yeah, talk. Yeah, right. We should interview him. <gasps> Let's do it. Let's think about it. We can ask him Agents of Shield questions. Just saying, guys. See, even Mario <laughs> wants us to interview Dennis. <laughs> Max Asinski. It's happening. It's it's we've already put it in the atmosphere right now. It's happening. It shall be done. You heard it, universe. Now we have to talk about Elton a little bit. I saw what was on the bottle. I don't know what it means at all. I'm not a scientist person. I did see that there was a date on the bottle though, expiration date. Ooh. Which, which I thought was kind of cool. The first of March 2023 on the bottle. Okay, okay. Huh? You like that? Nice. You like little nuggets of time? I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. Another um, another M month. Yeah. Well, there's more. So it it does appear as though cuz I was skeptical even after Asha says to Elton that this was kidney dialysis, but then you do see that Indira is on a kidney dialysis machine, mm-hmm. kidney phoresis, let's say. So why is it so important that they not know or that nobody know that Indira is having dialysis? And I wonder if this isn't like, my mind goes to this place where I'm sure you're going to, 
is she infected with the zombie virus or is she I mean now we're I know oh. we're all infected, but what what's the deal here? No, I'm thinking it's because if if she's sick, then a she can be seen as weak, and somebody could try to take over. Or b since she's kind of the glue that's holding perimeter together, if she's sick, everything will fall apart. I, I agree. People turn on themselves, and I don't think it has anything to do with zombie virus or anything like that. Yeah, well, that latter thing strikes a little bit truer to me, considering the conflict. The sort of it's not even really that much of a conflict between her and Brody. Brody makes a ton of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's the he's the guy you're supposed to hate. I mean, right? I, I said this in the episode of like Brody's the guy you're supposed to hate, but like really, he's making a ton of sense. <laughs> like, but the, why are these people here? We're you're, you're endangering everybody here, and yet you're like, and you're like, cool. You know, I'm in charge. Uh, they're just safe here. Let's just keep these people safe. Yeah, fuck you, Sierra. <laughs> like, oh hi. <laughs> like, he could find out that she was sick and say, oh well, she's making these bad decisions because she's sick and she's not thinking clearly right. and kick everybody out. Right. They well, could. Mara saying Brody gonna fuck something up. With, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> They could also think they could also think that Indira has something extra going on with with the CR because of this. Oh, definitely. Oh, it would definitely right. spur some um, distrust like in the perimeter. Like, like you're not doing everything you're doing for our interests; you're doing it for your own. Yeah, if people mm. found out, I think they would stop trusting Indira, or potentially this, that could be what she's afraid of too. Man, I just. I feel like if she told them her condition was just open and transparent about it. I mean, look, they're they're kind of hippie-ish, right? I mean, like, right? Don't they believe in trust and love and protection and, and community, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming a lot based on visuals, like an asshole. If she had told them from the beginning, yeah, that but might be it, possible. But now we're down the road a ways. Now she's going to have to backtrack and be like, well, I've been doing this a while now. Sorry I didn't tell you. But I'm telling you now. Which kind of, okay, well, it kind of mirrors Hope's little inner turmoil over Emilio Ortiz. Mm. And funny enough, how Elton, oh, wow, that's kind of cool, mm. how Elton's the one to discover this. So then what is the solution? We saw that Hope had to, at some point, finally give up the ghost and not live in regret. Something yeah. that we were talking a lot about, Hope, and at the same time, Huck, in the same breath. Which, yeah, I don't know. We don't have enough information. And They'll for all we know, this isn't for a simple... Kidney failure? Yeah. It could be something much greater than we know. Because, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't trust anything that has a CMRM logo on it. <laughs> so maybe it's an experimental treatment for something that is very extremely rare or something. I don't know. Maybe we're going to see some things that we... Because this is something that's been said, I think, by one of the actors on Fear the Walking Dead, that fear was the opportunity to tell different stories, first of all, but to do things that you just can't really take the chance on on the main show. But why not World Beyond, a miniseries... Why can't you take those chances narratively? The like go places you can't normally go on the regular Walking Dead show, because that's not what it's about. Like, you can go and touch the little arena where you say, oh, let's play with the zombie cure. Ooh, what if the zombie virus mutates? Oh, like, what if it does something different to people? My mind goes to crazy places. And listen, it could be, remember, okay, do you remember what they did to us? <laughs> remember what they did to us in Fear the Walking Dead season five when Gimple said, you're going to see uh, walkers do something they don't normally do or be like a, a, a totally different threat. And then we find out it's just nuclear walkers. You just can't get their nuclear blood on you. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck you, Gimple. Speaking of new okay. walkers, mm -hmm. that was a pretty awesome one at... Uh, Agent Dennis's place, the the walker <laughs> fused onto the other walker. That was pretty gnarly. Okay. Maybe you can explain it. to me what that what you think that was. 
It looked like it looked like a walker that had melted onto another walker. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's what God. it looked like. Mm -hmm. From all the bombs. Uh -huh. Boom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like like this walker was like walking along and then a bomb went off and half of this walker just went and landed on this one and stuck to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now they're both well, like <laughs> We were talking about you dressing up as a ninja turtle at class and then yeah. <laughs> we just got cra we got Krang from from the Ninja Turtles show. Do you remember Krang? <laughs> yeah. Little brain that's yeah. inside. Uh-huh. That's what it would look like. Mario said Gipple doesn't talk too much, but when he does, spoil stuff. Not real. I think he's usually pretty good, but like he he kind of like built it up to be something super special and really radioactive. He spoils stuff, but you should watch everybody in the panels when they're talking. Watch his face. Watching everybody. It's so in the funny. Panel. Mario said, I think Julia Armand was most pressured when. Oh, she was the. Yes. Have you ever seen an interview with Julia Armand? Like even just a little bit when it yeah. comes to The Walking Dead World Beyond? She is paranoid. Oh my God. And Mario's just touching on that right now. So was Paola. Because Paola was like, I don't know what all I can say. Is, was that okay? Was what I said okay? Kimball's like. It's like a lie detector test, yeah. right? <laughs> my, my name is Paola Lazaro. That's all I can tell you. You're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, I'm on The Walking Dead as. No, you're good. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> The Super Troll Brothers ride again. Oh, let me tell you what's what's on the uh, on the bottle. Uh, just for that's this is just for Rachel. Right, let's probably get cut out. I'm kidding. <laughs> just above the, where it has the expiration date and all that stuff, it says RL dash seven three four three. Again, I don't know what this means. Next to the expiration date on the left, it says EST and then colon one five dash two eight four dash EV. Don't know what it means, but it'll be in my notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll share the line with you so you don't have to rewind and copy. You can just copy and paste. <laughs> but I like dates. Dates are nice. They're fun. Yep. Doesn't really tell us a whole lot about where we are, just that it ex that it expires. Yeah. But the fact that we know that there's a general sense of it expiring in a time which of which we are not really yet at. Mm -hmm. 2000, 2023. That's kind of cool. We might okay. have flying cars by then. Flying cars. <laughs> and the Walking Dead is still has Hyundai Elantras. <laughs> or Hyundai Accents or whatever. And uh, Franken-Pintos. <laughs> oh, I love that thing. I still... That was kind of cool, though. Elton's all screwed up. Yeah, why doesn't he decide to, to say goodbye to Hope or say hello to Hope? Well, why do you think that is? What What is going on with him as far as that goes? Because you see him at the end grasping the, the Jupiter bead. This is definitely the first time he has seen Hope since she confessed what she did to Amelia. I think he's having a panic attack about facing her. Some PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very difficult time right afterwards. Like him almost like cursing his mother's name and tearing up her work. It was different when he was dealing with it on his own and hope wasn't there. And he could think it over, rationalize it. But now seeing her, it's like, whew, I thought I was okay with this, but I'm not okay with this. In what respect though? Like, um, okay with hope? Well... I, I don't even know if Elton can define what he's feeling right now. It's just panicky. Maybe, maybe he is a little. A maybe he is a little mad at her, and then but doesn't, doesn't want to be. be. Yeah, kind of like kind of like his mom. Ooh. Yeah, mommy issues. Ooh, <laughs> no, it's weird. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to react to something until it happens. I think maybe he had played up how he would respond to Hope so much. And now here's the opportunity, and he's not feeling like he thought he was going to feel when he saw her. Hell, maybe he didn't ever think he was going to see her again, too. That, too. It's quite, 
possible. Well, it's kind of like how we um, thought about Maggie and Negan. Maggie was okay with Negan as long as she remembered him as the sad sack, you know, behind bars, pretty much dead guy, yeah. and behind bars. And then she's confronted with him face to face, alive and whole, and out amongst the community. And she just boom. Yeah. Maybe the same thing is going on with Elton. You know, as long as Hope was not where he could see her and he didn't really have to think about it. And he could think about her separate from that. But now she's right there in his face and he can't get away from it. Yeah. yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend once. We would fight a lot about what would it mean to break up. And she's like, it'd be one thing if you went back to New York and I'd never have to see your face again. This is in Chicago. <laughs> but it does, it does make things easier when somebody... When they're not around. Yeah. But just to put a bow on it, it's just <laughs> like, it does make sense. Like in, in, in a world so vast... Without anybody really even being in it, you'd think you could be spared that. And then poor Elton. There's a lot of things going on at once. Think of it. Hope is with the very person he was told shot Percy and killed Tony. What is she doing with that person? I have all these issues with that person who just confessed to me that she killed my mother. Is the world conspiring against me? Why can't I love somebody who doesn't want to kill something else? So, so, like this weird... Yeah. There's a lot going on here for him to process. But then there's there's also like... Something that we talked about in the episode just beforehand, having just been through the ringer with Percy, having this experience with Ash and Dev, like figuring out by way of the kids schooling Percy and Elton, I feel like this guy is rudderless. And then being told that fucking campus colony is done. Everything that he knew and loved that he can't, can no longer even go back to is gone. And so now when this person comes out of nowhere, thinking maybe, oh, maybe I won't see her again, but now she's back and now she's back with the person who killed Tony. I guess I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. And I like that that's authentic. And it makes Elton so singularly unique as a character. It's not like, oh, I'm standing on principle. Oh, no, let's work within the system. No, Elton's a lot of things right now. So when Elton's having his freak out, he's like, oh, God, oh, she knows I'm here. She knows I'm here. And Asha's like, no, dude, she can't see us. But then at the end of the episode, Hope does turn around and look, expecting to see something there. I thought that was kind of weird. I thought it was too, but I think she was just looking back at Iris. I do too, but in my heart, I'm like, oh, I remembered what Elton had said. That's where my mind went. But I think you're right. She was looking at Iris, but I went to Elton. But what do you see instead? You see Iris looking at her, waiting until she goes away, and then she kind of turns away in disgust. Because she's a bitch. Hey! Hey! <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to like a deeper what? damn yeah. <laughs> like it's cold yeah well you know it's not iris's fault she's just written that way and the kid and the, there's, there's a lot there's a <laughs> i'm not bad i'm just drawn that way <laughs> thank you for getting it <laughs> you know what sometimes with certain characters the fact that they don't make sense to me makes me just compelled to break them apart even further I, I just can't wait to see more from her in a way. I walked into this episode saying, I don't like this at all. Not as a character. I just don't like her. You don't like what she's doing. No, I don't like what she's doing at all. And yet part of me is kind of like, well, she's going to be driving this ultimate conflict that we're going to see. It's like, why wouldn't I like her <laughs> for that reason? I know a little bit where she's coming from, but then there's a whole other part of me that is like frightened of her. Like I'm a little scared of her, not of for her? her. I'm scared of her. She's saying things and doing things. Of how bad she's going to fuck everything up. But what drives that? I'm worried that part of it is psychopathic. That she is a psychopath. And that she is a teenager. We... So yes, you are correct. <laughs> she's, she's, she has it in her. But you see what I'm seeing, right? Percy having this crisis of conscience, being out there and knowing. And him being a perfect case of being exactly that type of person. And yet not being that person. Like he is the perfectly suitable to be exactly what Iris is. And yet. 
Iris is that person for some reason. Behind walls, yeah. she became that person. I was also a little surprised that during Percy and Iris's conversation when he was talking about, oh, you know, killing the walkers is nothing, but killing a person, you know, oh, God. Ugh, and he's like having this moral dilemma. I was a little surprised Iris didn't fess up to what she did. To, to Percy, at least, like tell him that she killed the CRM soldier. Because if you had a con, if you didn't have a conscience, like a psychopath, or maybe she's she knows the rules now, you know, like, mm. oh, I can't, I don't feel anything about this because she says this to Felix openly. She says, I didn't, I felt nothing. Like, I felt like I would feel bad if I didn't kill more of them. Okay, Maggie. <laughs> but then going back, maybe she knows the rules enough to know, like, I want him to like me. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> they do end up kissing in this episode. So maybe, I don't, and maybe, uh. she, oh, wow, maybe she feels like she needs to be that badass. Maybe she is embracing that side of Percy that, oh, she, he gets what I'm doing, right? And yet he doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. By the end of it, he's revolted by it because of his own experience in this episode. So I like the irony of this. I don't know. I think I'm overthinking this. But I also see oh. Percy, like, playing hard to get. It's typical of a girl to want what she can't have. So she kisses him. He walks away. It's just going to make her want him more. Oh, for Well, hmm. I was just, yeah, for sure. But I don't know if Percy's doing intention. Like, I guess we'll I don't know. Yeah, that's the I thing. We'll I, don't, I don't know yet no, you, if it's you, intentional. You, you're making a good yeah. point. You're making a good point. Watch and wait. But, like, yeah. it, would, it would be cooler... It would make more narrative sense if if he was having this crisis of conscience and being like, oh, you've gone too far kind of kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like of all people, he's saying you've gone too far. Well, Him you know, having to be told to not go too far in last season. If nothing happened between Percy and Iris, if Percy was like, uh-uh, nah, back off, I would almost <laughs> like him more. Your step. <laughs> yeah. I could see him going, well, but he kind of did. Yeah. He kind of did because yeah. they... You know, they made out a little, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm. I got you. I'll see you." Later. You had garlic for dinner, didn't you? Oh God! Didn't did an angel get its wings? <laughs> yeah, and a little part of me was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's terrible. So good. So good. <laughs> Percy's got Probably a good time to mention Mario says, I really love how they made TWD Universe something special. Oh, right. Rachel's comment. Yep. <laughs> the brochures that si- uh, Silas is looking at. Oh, the Ithaca you. Research Center. On the wall. Yeah. Ithaca. Ith- Ithaca. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything about a research center in Ithaca, no. but the name Ithaca is from Greek mythology. It's the home of Odysseus, the traveler. So basically Ithaca, I think, is where the story is going to come to an end. Mm. The end of the journey. We said this the last end of the, season. The, the you end said of it the though. Odyssey. <laughs> Do you think the CR could be in Ithaca? Yeah, well that's that's literally where the research facility is. I think that's, I think that's is. where the research facility is. Oh, yeah. the research facility, but not the CR. Mm-hmm. The CRRF. Ithaca College is up there. So last episode we broke and said, you know, the CR really isn't in one place. It is a republic of smaller settlements or smaller-ish settlements. Mason says he's from the CR, not one right. of the CRs. Well, no, the CR, it's like the United States. You know, it's like, what is the United States? Well, it's a an amalgam of states. So. A confederation of separate states. So a all, republic. All these different, we are a republic, all of technically. All different little settlements are all the CR. Is the, the CR. CR. You say, what part of the CR are you from? I'm from... I'm from the CR. <laughs> I'm from West Pocatonia. West Pocatonia. <laughs> well, going going back to Mario's comment, 
they're not really supposed to say where they're from either. So even if you are of the CR, you can't really say where you're from in the CR. I see both sides. I will just say my personal opinion based on no evidence whatsoever other than <laughs> other than my own those are thoughts. always the best <laughs> uh, yep i do think the cr is one place one look i think i visualize it like the commonwealth where people live happily and things are provided and they live in ignorant bliss of the rest of the world but oh, i have i have no evidence of this this is just what i this is what i think <laughs> little little do we know they'll probably never get into it yeah right oh! we'll never find out god Ugh. damn it although elizabeth's apartment Wherever we saw her, that was a pretty big place. Yeah, Philadelphia is generally, I think, what people thought. Some people say Ohio. Not sure. Well, Commonwealth, I believe, is in Ohio. Philadelphia is where they said the skyline of the Rick, when they showed the Rick movie fucking trailer or whatever, Mm -hmm. it had the skyline. Everybody was saying that was Philadelphia. So maybe it is Philadelphia. Ah. If the Commonwealth is, in fact, in Ohio and the CRM is in uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. How the hell do they not know about each other? (laughs) That's just not possible. I feel like that's not possible that they don't know about each other. As somebody who's driven from New York to Chicago too many times to count, it's possible. They have fucking helicopters. You can see shit (laughs) in a helicopter. Well, maybe they know about them, but they don't know about the other. Hey, hold on a second. Why is the Commonwealth in Ohio? I, I just started thinking about that because the the route that they go to travel, they go south to Charleston and all that. I, I think I think the Commonwealth was in Ohio in the books. Maybe to your point, if it was in Ohio, there would be more cross traffic. But it, since it's not, right, then that makes sense. See, Mario saying in the show it's West Virginia, as far as we know, which is tracks. We do know it's, that. Or, or we just we were saying that based on clues and evidence that we were given. Because of the, the, the river, the, the Charles, Charleston River, Charleston River. Remember the directions they give him and they give Eugene in 10, 15 or something like that? Yeah. We used to like rattle off every episode. But right. Then we, but Charles, then years, the I have, Charles River is down. in West Virginia. Yeah. Well, there you go. First of all, I like that Felix and Huck submit their weapons. They're both being civil. But then no blood has been shed since the perimeter's founding. Yeah. Till our group so. shows up and fucks okay. it up. <laughs> okay. I have a small bone to pick here. They took their weapons and they put them in the armory. And then they have nobody watching the armory. Right. Because Percy apparently just goes in there and grabs a gun. <laughs> and a fucking rifle. He just goes in there and grabs a rifle and goes out. No biggie. <laughs> so, hey, we're going to take your weapons, but we're not going to have anybody watching. Yeah. Anymore. Sharon, this building. was the yeah. night they all totally unlocked. smoke up together and then do... <laughs> Then they do ayahuasca, and then they do other drugs. Chip some weed. <laughs> this happens to be that night. Yeah, we're going to take your weapons, but you know, you can just walk in there and take it back that, whenever you that want. That is a good point, though. And then what, when, what time in the night are they doing this, and how long did it take for Huck to get to that place? Before they leave, Huck does say the sun's going to be up soon, so they must have gotten there late and stayed till the wee hours of the All morning. Night. Yeah, trying to hash shit out. I was probably still up. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know, I want to get back to this whole Omaha thing, the whole bookend of, of meeting Daniel and Margaret in the beginning of the episode, and the whole idea of Huck. It, my mom has to be telling me the truth. Otherwise, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that we may have theorized, this is along with Sharon D's theory about what Omaha had in its walls, which is possibly nuclear nuclear silos, is that it's possible that Huck gave the CR all the intel they needed to take it down. And if Huck oh. realizes this... Oh, yeah. 
and she's starting to have a change of heart. And in the next episode, there's going to be some conflict too. She's going to be in Kublik's office with a safe and all this stuff. And then Corporal Pierce is going to catch her in the act or something like that. Mm-hmm. So with all of this front-loaded knowledge, trying and her obviously digging to find out the truth. I mean, this this is going to be like, she's going to be the Dennis in the situation and needs saving. Maybe Dennis Huck. will save her this time. I'm hoping so. Yeah. But Of course, if uh, he does, that'll be the end of Agent Dennis. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is like a meal all over again. Just kidding. <laughs> because that old couple kind of really humanizes. or Because remember, one of the things that we say sometimes is it's hard to believe it until you see it. And then when you see this couple, it's like, oh, I'm responsible for them going away. Mm. Those people that saved me. And so how, yeah. how does one like someone like Huck wrap their mind around that? There were survivors, though. I'm not saying they survived, but. There were survivors because Huck asks Elizabeth about them. But maybe she's assuming. She said something about there, somebody told her there was survivors. I don't remember the exact wording. Or but EK's lying. She did. She asked about survivors and she was like, can I, can I talk to them? And Elizabeth was like, you just got back what you lost. Mm-hmm. And then Huck was like, not as a CR soldier, but as a daughter. And Elizabeth just lost her shit then and told her to shut mm-hmm. up. She basically didn't talk about it anymore. And I, I also she fra- I I also thought she might have phrased the question in that way because kind of like what we're saying also is like there ha- there has to be survivors. Otherwise, what did I just do? My mom has to be telling me the truth. Otherwise, or that the CR has to stand for something good in that they must have swooped in and saved some people. But why no. not anybody? I think that's her assumption. It's kind of like what we would think. They didn't try to save anybody, and then you're thinking, oh wait, they're responsible for all of it. Why? Why? So I'm. I get yeah. it. I get why Huck would phrase the question that way. God, there's just. It's got to be one per one person. I mean, even I fished out <laughs> all these other people like Hope and and even Iris and Felix, but you know who happened to be out in the wild, Silas and stuff like that. Even I fished those people out, and that was a community the tenth of the size. You know, ten times that. Why not forty people <laughs> or something like that? Fifty. First of all, I think EK's lying about all of it. I don't think anybody oh, got sure. airlifted out. But even if they did, even if they made it to a helicopter, you know, they were executed once they got on board. <laughs> yeah, or like not at the at the gates. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody made, made it back. Like... Nobody made it back. Mario says Elizabeth said she would hate for someone to think that she hadn't learned her lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm. Major General Beale. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jadis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That someone might be Jadis. We haven't really talked about her father again. Now we may be assuming incorrectly or correctly that he's he kind of expired <laughs> pre-apocalypse or something like that. But I don't know she has the watch. Huck has the watch. I think still maybe. I think so. so maybe yeah. something's so going. Maybe Beale something's- is her father. Well, her father, I think, is Malik. It has to have the name Malik, right? No? Maybe? I was oh. wondering about her last name, too. I mean, it would be really easy to just make up a name and start calling yourself that, though. If she didn't want any affiliation with either of her parents. I mean, I could call myself Cameo, and nobody would question. I mean, if they didn't know. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, if nobody knew, then they would accept it. It's not like they have computers they can go back yeah, and check Yeah, they can't check anything. her Facebook. <laughs> Well, the other the other soldier mentioned mentioned Malik too, though. He, um, it was his last year in that episode where we see Elizabeth Kublik in the shack giving her like a sandwich or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and the other soldier mentions something about Malik, not in her. reference to Huck or not, oh oh not the elder Malik. And so oh, okay. I, I believe so at least, or at least they're talking together and speaking about Malik or something. A Malik, I, I don't remember exactly, or never got a chance to meet Malik. Another thing that was really interesting was um, we kind of assumed that she cut her face right after the fall, 
Because that's when she was with all her, her guys right, or whatever. After the incident, yeah. Right. But apparently it was much later. Which... The, right before she went to Omaha, which was two, year, two years earlier. Which is okay. I mean, it still tracks. It's still fine, the way that... No, but what I'm, what I'm saying is they made us think that then, but in reality, it was right before she went on the Omaha Mission, uh, thing. Yeah. But in, the, in that episode, they made us feel like it was right after she murked all her right. platoon members. But in reality, it was actually like eight years after that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was in, it was in remembrance of Drake. 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 Thank you. Sergeant Drake. It was a D. I ha- he had that scar. And so <laughs> yeah, she... Yeah, it was. Get- <laughs> Come on, somebody had to do it. I, I felt it coming. <laughs> Did we see her cut her face in, in the episode where we see her flashback? Yes. Okay, so now do we have to assume that nothing we saw in that episode is real? No, it just could be a different time period. So she cut no, herself twice? I, no, no, just the once. No, I, I think they, they showed us that then to make us think that it was then, but they showed it in this episode to show that she did it right before she went to Omaha. For the same reason, but she doesn't do it immediately after waxing all her platoon members like they made it look in, in season one. Right, right. but it, I think that was more for us. Because it makes sense at the time that we get the reference because Drake also had the same cut, yeah. the same scar, let's yeah. say. So we needed to see that. Because there were some references to Omaha. You know, what did you do in Omaha? Or what happened? How did you get to, how did you get your name Huck? So there was a little bit of a nugget there. There's a little breadcrumb there that kind of you can pull into the season. Like, oh, now we get to see how that happened, technically, at the beginning of the episode. There's a significance there when she does it in that episode because we get the reference okay we saw drake have the scar blah blah blah. but now in this episode we see it again because what is that supposed to tell us i'm glad you brought this up because what is the significant significance now is it because we want to remember what it means to do something right so maybe she thought going to omaha would be one of those things right so this is to remember what what we're fighting for it maybe much in the way of silas's cut Mm -hmm. on his hand this is what I'm out here for. I have to remember this. Or what she's making or what she has to make up for. I'm doing this Omaha mission to make up for what I did or what Dennis, to Drake right. and my, my other oh. platoon people. Oh, oh, yeah. Or, or even the same act. It's like, I'm doing this and I'm going to have to do some bad things in this mission in order to, to do greater good. But this is like, you know, it still means that I'm still doing something bad. Like, I still killed my brothers. I know what I did. I had to do it. But it yeah. still makes me feel like shit. And so, but I, I like the symmetry between her and Silas in this instance. And what's telling is Dennis sewing that up and saying, Nobby, like, I know what you're out here for. I know you're, this is probably the way to go. Don't worry, they'll come to you. <laughs> Relax. And it's nice. It's nice to be taken care of. And okay, take that symmetry a little further. Where is Huck's Dennis in all this? I mean, literally. And they're married, by the way, too. I saw the wedding rings and the, and the wedding photo in their military garb in the last episode. We didn't mention this last time, but they are married. So just so that's where Malik comes from. Dennis Malik? No, but her father is Malik, isn't it? No, I think it's her father's Malik. But uh, who knows? Who knows? I hope so. Sharon and I had <laughs> talked about that before, too. I was wondering if, if she was married or if he was married before. Or I saw the picture that you were talking about, but it didn't strike me as a wedding photo, to be honest. It was a wedding photo. What makes you so sure? Because they, they were in their... There was no, their, pr- there was no officiant. I, I, just, I just saw them in their CRM garb and I thought that how twisted it was. Because, I mean, military wedding, you're in your formal military duds. Yeah, but there would also still be an officiant there to perform the ceremony. Yes. That's true. But, but not all the wedding photos are going to have the officiant in and it. And also, you would, <laughs> you would be in your dress... You would be in your dress... Um, yeah, they're, they're, the dress uniforms are black, your too. Your dress uniform. <laughs> so, so right. 
gums, but they had like the little cap on, not like a like like military hat. They had like a cap, oh, not that. right? It, it's, not it's a different but... helmet. <laughs> but they had to kiss somehow, you it's know. The, the glittery <laughs> helmet—that's the fancy one, right? The ones yeah. that glisten in the sun, right? When I noticed Agent Dennis had a wedding ring on, I was what I was thinking about that too. I even asked Sharon. So maybe about it is Malik. It. Maybe it is yeah. Malik. I got one too. Yeah, I, fe- I got one too. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like man. But I feel, <laughs> but I feel I feel like they did say Kublik said Malik in the context of her father. You know what though? I'm glad this is all on the table because maybe there'll be a little bit more resolution to this. Of course, mm-hmm. Drake called her Malik before. Oh she yeah, waxed everybody. So Done. Yeah. Yep. Done. Unless it wasn't real, right, Rachel? The, I, Fuck that. That no might no. not have been real. No. Is, I don't. I don't accept it. Oh, I don't accept it. I'm. I'm gonna. Go, I'm definitely gonna go back and watch because now I can't stop thinking about anything else. But the scene we see in Huck's flashback episode is exactly the scene we see in this episode. I don't know if she's Different wearing angle. the same clothes too. Right. That's what <laughs> I, I thought she was wearing a uniform when we saw her in the flashback episode. Because that's a that's a big big mistake. <laughs> Unless it's not. I'd like you for you to clear us up on that though. Right. Too. Or like Sharon D said, even from a different angle or something, but like, is her hair the same? Is she in the same outfit? Is she wearing I feel the like fuzzy her hair, thing? I feel like her hair is definitely the same, though. She okay. The same kind of... Or I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I'm not too bothered by it, though, to be honest with you. But although I, I really wish they, if they did do it, they, they would put a little bit more work into making it the same, unless the significance in them being different means something to us. Mm-hmm. Being 16 different somebodies, Devna from Malik, <laughs> yeah, that, that she doesn't know who she is, and which makes sense, which tracks. I feel like we've seen this before somewhere, that when you're so deep undercover that you kind of believe the person you were supposed to be, rather than the person you were purported to be. Or they have to make up so many times the mistakes of others that you kind of get wrapped up in that and you forget what you were out there to be in with for. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm glad we got to talk about this because we were not going to at all. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Ah, poor Huck. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, fuck Iris. Anyway, hey, poor, if poor you like Huck. what you heard, <laughs> head over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But rate us after every episode because it lets people know that we're worth listening to. It also is a great communication system. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, and if you hate or love Iris. <laughs> and <laughs> if you really like what we're doing and you want to kind of be ahead of the curve like Mario is in the chat right now, give us some really, really good nuggets to play with. Heck yeah. Uh, head over to ko-fi.com squawkingdead and just follow us. You don't have to buy us a coffee. You don't have to join a membership tier. Just follow us. When you see something you like, you can pounce on it by tipping us and getting 30 days of supported back content, or you can join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month. Can you believe it? It's not even about the money, folks. It really, really isn't. It's about building a family. It, it tells us that we're worth something. A dollar it's, a month. It's, what, a, little, it's a little bit about keeping the lights on, you know? But mostly family. It, it, it is. It is a little bit. But <laughs> mostly, like, okay, I can spare whatever it is to, to keep the lights on. But ah. really, I've learned over the few years, the two years that we've been doing this, that... I have no uh, illusions that this is going to, that the money that you give us is going to help us keep the podcast afloat. I have no illusions about that. But what I do know is that it tells us that you're invested. And sometimes it's a beacon, one could say. In that, it really does show us that keep going. So <laughs> we like thank what you, you're doing. Thank you for telling us that. Thank and so you. without further ado, I've been your host, David Cameo, and I've been joined by Cosmo and I, Rachel Burt, and Charity, a.k.a. Blaze Gardner, and Mario the Third in the chat. Mario! Oh, 
And he just said, "You guys deserve more attention." Well, you know, there's there are ways there are ways there are ways to do that that don't cost any money. Anyway, so (laughs) thank you, (laughs) thank you, Mario. Thank you, audience. We'll be back very soon, probably, to talk about another episode (laughs) in the Walking Dead universe. Take care and good night. I don't know what episode is. 161. June episode next. Yeah. Oh, holla back at your your Ah. boy. Sharon D's not going to have anything to say. (laughs) Silent. I really hate June. Uh oh. (laughs) Bye bye. That was that was it. That's how we ended. The episode where where Sharon D hates June. <laughs> you know, I imagine? I thought this was going to be the episode where Rachel hated Iris too, but it, it, I think I hated her more last episode than I did this one. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. The fourth episode, second season of The Walking Dead World Beyond Titled Family is a four-letter word. Uh, and as always, if you like what you heard, you can head over to ratethispodcast.com slash walkingdead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But listen, tell us what we got right, what we got wrong. Just tell us. Tell the world. It's the whole point. It's the only way we can actually reach other people to make us ubiquitous, to spread the thing that you love to other people that you love it helps it helps us a lot helps you a lot (laughs) yeah it helps you you're part of the family too you listening to this right now because obviously it's at the end of this podcast so you must love us for some reason and well we appreciate that Uh, this episode has been brought to you by our survivors tier members Uh, that would be Aliza Jones Jasmine T and Darren W but let's not forget our whispers to your members who also get credits at the end of this episode. That would be Aiden Atkin, uh, Tyler Phillip Cox from Let's Talk About the Dead, lovely YouTube channel, as well as Judith Morton on Instagram. She posts lovely pictures uh, in her Instagram. She's a really great photographer. And as well as, let's not forget, Fan Art Lindy. Linda Peck Athens. That's kodishify.com slash fanartlindy. She is getting better and better with every colored pencil drawing. And in case I've been your host, David Cameo, I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, and always Sharon D.K. Blazy Gardner. Take care, and we'll see you in the next one.